Did I interest you in a stamp? Yeah, give me a stamp. Oh. No, give me a purple one. Oh, I'm sorry we haven't any purple ones. I could uh, paint one for you. I don't want a painted one. person hasn't got any rights in this country anymore. The government even tells you what color stamps you gotta buy. Live from the Board Ape Yacht Club, this is the award-winning stamp show here today. If you can dream it, we can collect it. This is episode number 339, brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a nonprofit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. This is Cash. This is Mark. This is Jim. This is Becca. And what are we going? What are we going to do first? Let's do the woman who ripped off the post office. Oh, yeah, this is interesting. There's an article in Linz about a woman who got prison time for buying postage stamps with bogus checks. So what she did between February of 2016 and March of 2020, so basically four years, she bought stamps from the post office using a check, and then I suppose she fenced them or sold them on eBay or something like that. But, uh, but she went to prison because the checks that she used were bogus. So, in all, she stole $258,452 worth of postage in that time. So, if you figure, if she went to the post office once a month, that means she spent $5,000, or that the postal clerk took a check for $5,000 for stamps. But, the, you again, you wouldn't be able to go to the same post office twice. Right. So... She went to 48 different post offices between... Uh, and gave each one of them a $5,000 check? Right. Or, yeah, $5,400, you know, that uh, on average per month that she bought. I, I think that what she probably... What she almost would have had to have done was to have gone to 10 different post offices and given them, like, 500 or $500 checks. Because I can't see any post office... Saying, sure, go ahead, give me, give me your check. Here's five thousand dollars worth of stamps. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, somebody from China might. Right. So it took the postal service four years to figure out. Hey, there's somebody passing bad checks for postage. <laughs> that that kind of reminds me of that movie, Catch Me If You Can. Yep. You know, where the guy was Abignail. Yeah, where he was. Writing bogus checks, and the bogus checks were so good, everybody accepted them. And yeah, except that that, uh, it, that story is based on real events. Yeah, it's not, not really real like the events. <laughs> <laughs> the guy did go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like this woman will be too, so. Yep. Yeah, quarter million dollars, uh, they don't slap you on the hand for that one. That's, that's major money, even in San Francisco. Yep. Well, I've got something. Um, last week we were talking about um, checking the contents of letters that 
postal history and so forth. And I got home, and a couple of days later, my American philatelist came, and the February issue, and inside was a article by your good friend Wayne Youngblood about Don't Ignore Covers Contents, in which he talks about you often have to look at what's inside the envelope. Yeah, most of our, by the way, most of our members who have sent in the $10 are APS members. Uh, for the very few of you who aren't, join the APS, join the American Philatelic yes. Society. You will get your money's worth out of it. Just just the monthly magazine yep. is worth it. But anyway, the article, it was like he probably had to produce this or, or write it and so forth months ago before we talked about it on our podcast. and Or before I sent him the last yeah. couple little items that I sent Yeah, him. because that was just over 10 days ago. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, and it's like, I, we've talked about that before, but it's uh, worth repeating because so many times there's just something really interesting in the letter, and it doesn't have to be historically significant even. Um, he, he cites examples. Um, the one postcard he shows is somebody that had watched the Apollo 11 launching and wrote their, their son a, a, letter, a postcard right after that. So within 30 minutes of seeing the launch, this postcard got... Well, like we were talking at lunch, and again, if you're in Las Vegas at 1130 South Point Buffet, um, we were talking at lunch about love letters, people finding love letters. Yes. And I got a correspondence from uh, Scott from a person who was in Los Angeles and then went to Hawaii. So it was interesting because a lot of it was clipper mail going back and forth. But again, and he, he sold it to me based on clipper mail, never looking at any of them. And so I went and looked at them and I uh, had a lot of fun because some of them were like uh, basically sort of love letters. And one of them in particular was great. And uh, a person broke up with him and then a month later, like wanted to get back together with him. And it was very, very interesting, you know, the correspondences between them and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, and, and then another one that he um, shows is just a letter that come out of a cover that we would probably throw away. I showed a picture <laughs> of it. It's the stamp is damaged. It's a three-cent Jefferson Prexy. Like almost the entire box yeah. that I gave you. <laughs> exactly, like those. Or sold you. And um, Thank you for lunch. Ah, you it was worth a lunch. <laughs> um, but anyway, the, and the letter was printed in uh, obviously a juvenile hand apologizing to a friend for stealing money out of his house. No. <laughs> but you. So that's, you know, there, there's a little bit of drama in that. And, and it's like, it would really be good if it was like George Washington, but of course it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no easy way to write that letter. Yeah, but a child writing the letter, really feeling bad about it. So, I don't know why this popped into my head. Okay, I apologize. It's a total non sequitur, but I just found it interesting the other day. The last samurai was in eighteen sixty seven. The fax machine was actually invented in 1848, used on telegraph lines. So for a two-year period, 
a samurai could have faxed a letter to Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Is that a showstopper? Did I just stop the show? I, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to make that connection, yeah. Grinding us to a halt here. Well, let, let's go on to something else then. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, in, a, in an upcoming uh, article on Lens, uh, they talk about the USPS tapping into the non-fungible token market. This is the NFTs. Mm-hmm. Um, which in our household stands for not frickin' tangible. <laughs> um, so what, what the idea is that they sell, they're going to sell stamp images. And so they, they tried it out, and they, they sold, um, they started out with the, de- the Day of the Dead Forever stamps. They sold uh, a few thousand copies of the first four images, according to uh, a guy from the How To Geek website. So I guess they, they must have changed little things about it in order to sell a few thousand copies. Um, I'm not exactly sure how that worked, but um, but essentially the USPS made six dollars a piece selling these NFTs, um, and the guy said that now and and very quickly they went up on the secondary market for a minimum of 195 dollars each. So I like to put things in the perspective of drug dealing because it makes it easier for people to understand. Oh yeah. So say for example the uh, Congress allows uh, the Postal Service to sell weed. And so the Postal Service says, okay, let's start a pilot program in Vegas, and we're going to sell uh, joints for the uh, same price of a, uh, of a first-class stamp, 58 cents. I'm the first guy in line, and I buy all of the joints. Then I immediately go out to the uh, parking lot of the, uh, of the Postal Service, and I start selling them for 20 bucks a piece. The people on the inside that sold them for 58 cents are congratulating themselves and patting themselves on the back for being great businessmen. (laughs) No, I'm the great businessman. (laughs) (laughs) The the person, I guess, in in charge of this, uh, a person named Amity Kirby, said that um, uh, they're they're, they're really excited about the NFT market and that um, when they put them out, they said the worst, she said the worst case scenario is we put them out and nobody buys it. Well, that's true. Um, but the Day of the Dead NFT sold out in 0.3 seconds. Yeah. Okay. In the business world, that's called an indicator. (laughs) (laughs) An indicator that your price was too low. (laughs) So uh, I hope that uh, if if the Postal Service plans to continue this, that they uh, get somebody uh, better. Well, and How how could you sell a thousand items in a third of a second, I mean, it'd take you that long to read the ad, you know, read the description of the because NFT. It's because people don't understand what NFTs are and how they're sold and how they're transacted. And uh, let me go over it because I am, I have never owned an NFT. Let me start off with that, okay? I have no desire to own an NFT. I think that it is foolish. However, I deal all the time with people in the investment community who deal with cryptocurrencies and NFTs. And let me give you a really super, I'm hoping it's super brief, history on NFTs. Picture PayPal. Okay, so we're going to talk about Bitcoin first. Picture PayPal except that PayPal doesn't deal with dollars. PayPal deals with 
PayPal dollars. They invent their own dollars. You buy stuff on eBay, you pay with PayPal. Well, you buy the PayPal dollars, and the price of PayPal dollars remarkably is $1 for $1. Realistically, that's what it is. So PayPal handles transactions and transfers the money from one person to the other. Now, there's a thing called a blockchain, which basically ensures that the person who spends the money and gives it to the other person, that the other person gets it. That's all you have to know about blockchains. Ignore everything else. Everybody tries to make it sound really difficult. It's not. It's just that with Bitcoin, the community, you know, the, the owners of Bitcoin, they watch to make sure that the transactions go through. Whereas, pay for, whereas PayPal, PayPal has an accountant in the back someplace who makes sure that it goes through. Well, a while ago, and this was pre-COVID, they said, you know, we're transferring money back and forth, and it's not really money. I mean, we're not sending dollar bills back and forth. What else can we transfer back and forth other than Bitcoins or PayPal dollars? And they said, well, I don't know. Let's look at pictures. Look at artwork. And artwork was originally promoted to protect the artist. So now the artist was getting paid for their work. You know, they weren't getting ripped off. But, and I don't know about the Day of the Dead NFT pictures. They could have all been exactly the same picture. But there is a place called Board Ape Yacht Club. And they make NFTs of little pictures of monkeys. You've probably seen them out of sort of the corner of your eye and go, that's a stupid picture of a monkey and then went on your way. Well, those stupid pictures of monkeys are randomly generated. Like, you know, you have like 10 different varieties of hats, 10 different varieties of smiles, 10 different varieties of things that he's holding in his hand, stuff like that. So you add it all up and you have like 10 to the fifth power of possible combinations. And then they put these up and they sold them. And people bought them. And I have no idea why. And then, you know, Bored Ape turned into lions and it turned into other stuff. And now people are just making just pictures and selling them and trying to make money. So like this, the reason it sold out in like less than a minute is because it's all transacted on the computer. So you can set up a program to purchase stuff. I mean, if you call Kansas City and you want imperfect press sheets, they limit your order to five. Right. On the internet, even if they limited your order to five, you can set up mm, 150,000 accounts and each one just buys one. (laughs) Right. And it's six bucks each. Then they throw them on the secondary market at 125 bucks. Well, they said they had 10,000 of them. Right. Uh, but yeah, the thousands were sold at six dollars a piece. Yeah, how many though? And now uh, it doesn't really say. Oh, that. And uh, and that they and then they're on the secondary market now for a minimum of one hundred ninety five each. Right. So that's generally speaking, sort of what happens. 
um, one of the sort of off things of why they use the little monkey pictures is because these are all housed on servers. So they got to be saved someplace. So like these pictures of these stamps are housed on the USPS website someplace. They're housed someplace. So if you're going to have a whole bunch of them, you need the pictures to be small. And so that's why you have bored monkeys, I'm sorry, you have bored apes versus a Picasso. Because a Picasso is going to be a big file, whereas 10,000 bored ape pictures are going to take up no space whatsoever. Um, here's my opinion on NFTs. Well, actually, I'll go to Richard Lehman. We uh, spoke last time about uh, investment schemes that went wrong. And we spoke about Ephysma. Um, he also spoke about um, Stanley Gibbons. One, like the second, this, I'm breathing in too much. One of the five suggestions he made for um, investing in stamps is to take the stamps in your hand, take actual get delivery of them. NFTs you do not actually get delivery of. Basically, what you are purchasing is you are purchasing a receipt that you paid for an item on this other person's site. And you have to print the receipt. And, you <laughs> and so, just like PayPal dollars, that receipt transfers from person to person. So, they would transfer, instead of transferring PayPal dollars, they transfer that receipt from you to you. Do you use Bitcoin to buy these, or do you buy them with real dollars? Well, here's the thing that really hyped up the market, is a lot of people made a lot of money on cryptocurrencies. And they thought they were geniuses. And in investing, you always have to be aware of the saying, never confuse being smart with just buying in an up market. If everything's going up, you're not a genius. Well, they made tons of money buying like Bitcoin. And so they said, well, what's the next thing? NFTs are. And actually, Board Ape Yacht Club has other stuff that goes with it. Like you get to join the community on Discord, which is a uh, thing of it like a computer party line. You get to join the party line. So the Board Ape Yacht Club is very, very popular. But purchasing one of the ape pictures uh, on Board Ape Yacht Club can cost you above $15,000. Well, if you made $100,000 on Bitcoin, and realistically, you can't spend Bitcoin. It's not like you can go and pay your rent with Bitcoin. So you have 100000 sitting in an account, you go, well, I'll chop off 15000 of my imaginary dollars and ship them over here and buy an imaginary receipt for an imaginary picture. There is no protection. You don't get a copyright or anything like that. If you spend $16,000 for your picture of the board ape with a 
you know, with a cigar or something. Maybe, maybe he's holding a postage stamp. And you go, I'm going to use that as my logo. Well, there's nothing to prevent anybody else from downloading the picture and using it also. It's not right. like you get a copyright on it. So um, everybody knows who uh, Warren Buffett is. His uh, partner is Charlie Munger. And Charlie Munger categorized this as people trading turds. <laughs> That's his words, not mine. <laughs> However, I very much agree with him. Um, go ahead and invest in Bitcoin. A lot of people made money. A lot of people right now are losing a lot of money, though. Uh, Bitcoin has dropped about 33% over the last year, after over the last 12-month period. So, Do you really lose money if you're not trading in money? Well, no, because to get in... You have to use the PayPal money. Right, exactly. <laughs> PayPal okay. isn't going to get... Think of it like Disney dollars. Okay, yeah. You, you have to use... buy the Disney dollars, and then you can transact the Disney dollars. Got it. And then at the end, you can cash out the Disney dollars. Oh, wait, no, you can't. Mm. <laughs> mm. If you buy $100 in Disney dollars, it means you're buying a Mickey Mouse hat, a, something <laughs> a bag that you of can, popcorn, stuff like that. Something you, you are spend not getting your hundred bucks back. So, uh, Bitcoin is, and Ethereum is actually another coin, just like Bitcoin, mm -hmm. has a different story to it. They differentiate it through various ways. But actually, a lot of these sites, and I b believe that the, uh, the post office used VV, right? Uh, that's correct, yeah. Yeah. So, VV uses Ethereum. So you couldn't send Vivi $16,000 and say, give me a board ape picture. You'd have to buy 16,000 of an Ethereum from someone else on an exchange. So you give this, per, you, I give Mark $16,000. He gives me $16,000 worth of Ethereum. I load up on Vivi, transfer the money, Mark transferred it to me. I transfer it to the owner of the ape picture. I now have a receipt for that ape picture. And I have cash for $16,000. Right. So the post office, and I would like to see whether these thousands of stamp pictures are all the same or if they're slightly different. And how you would make them different is you would have an algorithm that, you know, um, changes the font of the word U.S. postage, or changes the colors of the dots on the on the uh, Day of the Dead. Well, yeah. Let's let's say like there's yeah. let's say there's four skulls, mm -hmm. and uh, it randomly just changes the color. Well, you got four to the fourth power of combinations. Actually, you don't. Uh, you have half of four to the fourth power, but you have a different number of combinations. So you can have the red, blue, green, white one, and the next person has a white, blue, green, red one, and uh, they're not the same. Right. And plus, I think there's different colors of spots on each, each skull. So yeah. you can vary those and, and, and probably make you know, different ones. But, um, but yeah, that, that's a, uh, in the same article, they say, they quote the Associated Press, um, that the heirs of the estate of uh, Pablo Picasso are planning to auction more than a thousand digital images of ceramics he created. Yep. So I didn't know he created ceramics. Yeah. They could be ashtrays. So, you know, you get a picture 
of an ashtray for you know whatever and uh, whatever you paid for the auction price. And actually, for these, two hundred bucks each is very very cheap for NFTs. Um, generally speaking, NFTs sell for minimum of thousands of dollars. So the question is, you know, are they going to make any money? Well, if they bought them for six bucks and selling them for 200 bucks each, you don't have to sell too many of them to get your money back. So this differs from Beanie Babies in that at the end, if you have them, you still have the Beanie Baby. Yes. You could have a valueless Beanie Baby. But, but you still have something, yes. A Beanie Baby. You've got right. this thing that you can put on your shelf and collect dust with. Right. And uh, that's another thing. They were, the NFT market is totally unregulated. There are no regulations for it. And it's a worldwide, so it would be tough to. Right. But let's say Board Ape Yacht Club closes up one day and takes down their server. All those pictures are gone. There's no place else they are. They are not transacted to another server. You have the receipt that ties to that server. And so that's one of the issues is, and a lot of people get in there, make a bunch of NFTs and go, hey, buy my NFTs. And they sell them and then they go, okay. I'll, I'll, the, the pictures are small, so I have no problem with letting it sit out there. But, you know, as soon as the... Uh, yeah, if the power goes out. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as the server company raises the price on right. my storage. <laughs> At least you can lay your head on a Beanie Baby yeah, and get some go. comfort on, you know, from it. But uh, If you spill a spill in the kitchen, you can use it to wipe up. Your right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's my take on NFTs. If you want to see why I don't like NFTs or why I don't like cryptocurrencies, do a Google search on save the children coin. And I'm not going to say anything, just do a search on save the children coin. And after watching this, you will say, wow, why the hell do people buy this stuff? <laughs> right now there are over uh, 17,000 cryptocurrencies being exchanged. Uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum, Doge, those are the big ones, but there are 17,000 thousand there there is a uh, I, I was talking to a person at uh arcadia stamp show who bought oh uh, i forget what is brandon uh let's go brandon there's a let's go brandon coin and there's also an f trump coin hmm. so you can you can be on either side of the political spectrum and uh waste your money yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see if scott's catalogs lists uh Stamp NFTs. Uh, here, here is my guess. No, they're not going to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what else do we have? So, did you get that interesting-looking Italian letter at the Arcadia Stamp Show that you posted on Facebook yes. the other day? Yeah, I was going through Joel. Uh, shout out to Joel Weinstein again. I've given him lots. He, uh, I was going through his dollar boxes, and I found a stampless cover from 1858 from Italy that looks interesting. I mean, it has a sh sort of a ship cancel with two little triangles on it. And then it's on the back. It's got the same cancel and it looks like an official letter, but I read virtually no Italian. So I have no clue what it said. So I put it on Facebook to see if somebody and uh, one of my relatives from Poland forwarded it to 
another person in Poland. So I may get a Polish translation of an Italian <laughs> letter. Can, can you read the Polish? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll keep you updated on that one. Hmm. And what else did I get there? I got a... Uh, Oh, I got an 18... I got something interesting. It was a C10, the 10... C, no, it's not C10, C7. The 10 cent blue, blue airmail yeah. stamp mm -hmm. used by the army in 1941 on a cover. And I thought, that's what? a really super... That stamp should not be on that cover in 1941. So it was just interesting that it was such a late usage. And you go, well, it's philatelic. It's like, no, this was sent by the Army, some sort of, uh, I forget what the department is. But it was sent by the Army in Puerto Rico to some other Army office. So clearly not philatelic. Sounds like they just had a bunch of old stamps sitting around somewhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. That is very late. Anything else? What did you guys get? Anything interesting over the last week? I'm just still going through the box of covers because I have to read everything that's in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, just a question. The uh, Las Vegas ones, was he on, was he one of the people who flew the airplane to uh, Area 52 or 51 or whatever the area is? He worked for EG&G, so he was in town, but... He went up to the test site, so I assume that they flew up there. What is EGG? EGG. -E um, I don't know what it stands for, but it's the names of people. They were the engineering company. The this this guy that the correspondence was from was an engineer, and I haven't really researched it fully yet, but um, he did mostly engineering work. And he did photographs of the bomb tests. Hmm. So probably some of the photographs you've seen were things that they did. But I don't know the whole story yet. Still breaking it down. Yeah. Well, there were a lot of covers there. Most of them had nothing to do with the test site either. So <laughs> that, But you have to read every one because you don't know. Well, I noticed it. The, even the ones that spoke about the test site also spoke about steak night. Yeah. The big the big thing was uh, having steak night. So he talked about, yeah, you know, the UN was out here. We lit off an atomic bomb. Oh, uh, in important news, <laughs> steak night was last Tuesday, and the steaks were really good. <laughs> yeah, we went into town and had a steak. <laughs> but they were going back and forth between Vegas and there. Yeah. What about you, Mark? Do you get anything I'm looking forward to getting something at the Las Vegas Stamp Show that oh, we held this weekend. Good point. You're, you're, you're going to hear this very late. But, well, actually, hearing this one, the next one will be in April, the second weekend in April. So you're going to miss the first one in the second weekend in February because that's like three days, and this is not going to be up in three days. Right. But it will be up before Airpex probably. Uh, no, won't even be up. We're two weeks ahead. Ah, oh, okay. So good to see you all at Airpex. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great show. Say, we thanks loved for it. coming to say hi. Yeah. <laughs> we were there too. Yep. We'll be at Airpex, so we won't be recording that weekend. Or excuse me, that Thursday. We record on Thursdays. Um, that's about it. I'll see you all 
after Arapax at the uh, Board Ape Yacht Club. All right. <laughs> we need your help. Nothing on the internet is free, including our phone and internet connections. So you can support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS member number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our brand new spanking address is 5965 Harrison Drive, Suite 6 in Las Vegas, Nevada, 89120. You left out the word glorious. Fabulous. <laughs> because you don't put that on the letter. Oh. Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could, yeah. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun, but now the time has come to go. If this still clown was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! (laughs) You have been listening to Stamp Show here today, seeking to advance all levels of the stamp collecting hobby through news, information, and collecting advice. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com to listen to the show, view images of the items we are talking about, and read the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on Facebook at Stamp Show Here Today and on Twitter at Stamp Show HT. If you have questions or comments about the show or have any topics you would like us to discuss, you can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting. Collecting happens when we dream together.